0: This episode is brought to you by Kroger. Download Kroger's new app, Checklist, today. Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration, where we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. guys welcome back it's me Amira and this week we have somebody here who I have been wanting to chat with for a while you guys know I'm really big on skincare and taking care of my body and trying to preserve the shell I was given uh some odd years ago I won't say the number but you get the drift so I'm so happy to have her joining us here today now what you should know is that she is a dermatologist She's a dermatological surgeon. She is, uh, specializes in skin care, cosmetics, and hair loss. And I know that's a huge thing uh, in the female community when we're dealing with hair loss and trying to find out what's going on with it. So I definitely want to ask her a few questions about that. And she's also a person who is an advocate of skin cancer prevention. So I definitely want to welcome Dr. Michelle Henry to the show. Hello, Dr. Michelle. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. You are a busy, busy lady.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you guys,
0: you know, I am the queen of finding people and connecting with people via social media. I am so thankful that it was invented, whatever year that was. Uh, Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'm so thankful for that. And one thing that really drew drew me to, um, should I tell you Dr. Henry or Michelle, what do you prefer? Whichever you like. <laughs> okay. I think I'm going to mix it up a little bit of everything. So, <laughs> you know, Dr. Henry, I, I love that you have done something a little different. You know, a lot of people shun social media. They think it's all about having a good time, but they don't realize how you can use it to promote your brand or mm-hmm. your business. And you're one of those people who, who gets it. So I want to know a little bit about what drew you to Instagram and what made you think that that was a great idea for a platform for your business.
1: So I am, kind of when I started getting into social media, I thought that it was a really powerful tool to educate. Um, You know, especially in dermatology, there are very few dermatologists of color and I'm in a very visual field. And I thought it was a great tool to kind of teach patients about what I do. Um, Of course, to increase my visibility so patients could find me. Um, And so I, I started doing it and patients really started loving it. I'd have people reach out to me and say, you know, I had no idea that as a woman of color, I could use lasers on my hyperpigmentation. I had no idea that as a woman of color, I could use chemical peels. And I think that actually seeing it and putting a face to to the name Dr. Henry really made patients comfortable. It made them feel open to ask me questions. It made them feel like, hey, there are other people that are kind of struggling and dealing with what I'm dealing with. I think just the fact that Instagram is so visual, it made it even more powerful. So it was a really kind of natural platform for me to talk about what I'm doing, talk about my skills and reach out to my patients.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And uh, so what was it that initially way back when made you realize that you wanted to study skin and to go into the field of
1: dermatology? So it's, it's really interesting. When I first started medical school, so in medical school, they give you a mentor. And my very first mentor was a Mohs surgeon. So I'm a dermatologist, but I'm also a Mohs surgeon. And Mohs surgery is a really specialized um, type of skin cancer surgery. Um, so I shadowed her for the first day, and I realized that she could operate on the patient, she could cure skin cancer, and she could talk to them at the same time. So it was kind of everything that I loved. It was technical. I love engaging my patients, which is probably why I love social media as well. Um, and I, I love, I I love treating cancer. You know, I initially thought that I was going to be a breast cancer surgeon because my great aunt, who was one of the closest people to me, died of breast cancer when I was eight years old. So I was planning to be this huge breast cancer surgeon since I was a kid and kind of that kind of met all of my, my desires. After falling in love with Mohs surgery, it's a subspecialty of derm. So she said, okay, you love this, but you have to go into dermatology before you can get there. Um, when I went to do my derm rotations, I realized that I can take care of skin, I can take care of hair, I can take care of infants, I can take care of older patients, I can do surgery, I can do infectious disease. And really, if you love medicine, you love dermatology because it encompasses all of the, all of the specialties really. Um, so we have really long careers because it's so varied. Um, and because of that, I kind of fell in love and I've been doing it for a long time now. Yeah,
0: and I, I, you kind of mentioned something earlier I was gonna ask you about, about lasers and highly pigmented skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 's something that I know I made the mistake of having laser hair removal it was This was about ten years ago oh no wow. um, I went to a place that i don 't think they were well I know they weren 't prepared for someone uh, with my skin tone, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was by far the worst experience of my life. I so- just remember. like I could barely move afterwards I thought everybody was supposed to feel that way I couldn't figure out why it didn't work so I wanted to ask you is there something out there for laser hair removal for people with lots of pigment in their skin
1: absolutely so I do laser hair removal on all skin types even the deepest, most beautiful, rich mahogany skin I treat on a daily basis. And so it's really important to have a really specific type of laser. So there are now lasers that work beautifully for dark skin. But beyond having the right laser, you also have to have the right person treating your skin. So I really think that laser treatments on skin of color is an advanced level treatment. So I recommend that everyone has those treatments done by a board-certified dermatologist. Um, because you really need someone who can also read the skin, not just turn on the laser and press a button. I've had patients that have ended up in the burn unit, from, just like you've said, from getting treatments with people who don't understand our skin. Yes. Um, so right now there's a laser, it's called the 1064 laser. That's a laser, that's the wavelength that I recommend for dark skin, because it penetrates deeply enough to, to treat the hair without burning the surface of the skin. And so that's what's important. So the technology has gotten better, but in addition to the technology, you need someone who really knows what they're doing.
0: So no Groupons, ladies.
1: <laughs> no coupons. No. I fixed all the Groupon errors, so please, no Groupons.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because I literally, when you said that about the burns, that's exactly where I was. I, I looked like I had laid on a grill. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I looked like.
1: Oh, I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you have. You've seen a lot. And, and I love the depth and how deep you go with showing different photos and different different experiences and treatments that you give. Now, you are a woman who studied here in Texas. And in the beginning
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I also know that you also studied and were trained at Harvard and Mount Sinai what was that experience like was I know obviously I know it was intense but as a woman of color and knowing that you are going into this very highly specialized field t- t- tell me a little bit about that and share that experience with the audience because I know they want to know
1: so, I mean, it was definitely tough. So dermatology in general is tough. It's one of the hardest specialties to go into. So already from medical school, we're all, we're, we're worked up. There's a lot of competition. Uh, very few um, folks of color go into dermatology. So it's a, it's, it's a tough field to go into. So I left my little home in Houston, Texas, and went out to New York and did my general dermatology at Mount Sinai. Um, where at Mount Sinai, I was the second, I believe the second, maybe the third, the third um, resident of color in the entire program, in the history of the program. Wow. Um, So on my second day of training, I remember going to see a patient and walking in with one of the senior doctors and he asked me, hey, what do you think this is? And I thought he was teaching me. I didn't think he was sincerely asking me. So we walk outside the room and he says, you know, I haven't seen I don't see a lot of skin of color. So I wasn't sure. And so in that moment, I realized that I have to learn this. I have to study it. (laughs) I have to teach others that there is no one here that's going to do this for me. Um, and so it was definitely a moment where I realized that if I want to specialize in skin of color, I almost have to make my own curriculum. I have to make sure I seek out these patients to make sure I seek out the research. And now that I'm senior, I have to make sure that I do the research. So a lot of what I'm doing now is doing research so that we, we know how to use these lasers on skin of color that, you know, that women of color can also benefit from improving their skin texture, softening and, and, and trying to improve their scars. The technology is there. The problem is that people haven't been focusing on making sure that we can take advantage of that technology. Um, and then moving to, after finishing my general dermatology, I moved to Boston where I did my surgical and procedural dermatology um, at Harvard Medical School. And that's why I, I treated tons of skin cancer patients. I did lots of procedures. So that a lot of the procedures that we do in dermatology, they're not only surgical, but a lot of cosmetic procedures. So we're doing fillers, we're doing Botox. Um, and so that's where I focus on a lot of my, um, my procedural skills and then came back to New York where I'm now practicing. Wow. And you said
0: something there. And I know we, we kind of dance around it a lot of the times, but when you are, um, I guess, a pioneer, when you're one of the first, especially as a woman of color, there's a certain responsibility and there's a certain weight that you have, to, you have automatically. And for you, knowing that you wanted to practice excellence, which we talk about on the show all the time, mm-hmm. you had to submerge yourself. And even to fix the problems like what I experienced with the bad laser removal, to be able to have people trust the dermatologist again, and to have other people who, I'm sure you've trained plenty of folks of color at this point in your career,
1: Absolutely. My office is always open to um, young dermatologists of color. Many of them reach out to me to come and shadow and learn. And, you know, I, and it, 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 it really highlights how much, you know, we're not learning because a lot of these problems don't have lots of, of folks of color. Um, and so I have I have students that come to see me, even the most recent student, student came all the way from Haiti to, to follow me. Wow. Um, so it's definitely, um, I feel very lucky and I definitely feel like it's a privilege to be able to teach a lot of students and residents. And I hope to do it you know, as long as I'm practicing. Yeah.
0: And see, I know a lot of folks tend to not think about going to the dermatologist as something that you should do very often. You know, we go get our annual physical. We have our primary health care provider. But I think that's this is a conversation I wanted to have with you. How often should we be visiting our dermatologist?
1: So, I recommend that everyone visit the dermatologist at least once a year because even um, as African American women, we should check our skin annually to make sure there aren't any moles that are changing, to make sure there aren't any lesions that are concerning for cancer. Um, you know, we see um, skin cancer far less um, in skin of color. However, when we see it, the outcomes are significantly worse. And it's because we're not looking for it, and it's because we're not. Educated on the fact that skin cancer can happen to us, I always tell my patients to remember that Bob Marley died of skin cancer. It can happen, and what happens in us oftentimes is a type of skin cancer called acral melanoma, which is more aggressive. Um, so it's really important to have a relationship with a dermatologist um so the a to educate yourself about what you should be looking for at home to just have baseline checkups so you have someone that's there taking photos of you following anything on you that might be changing it's really important and it could save your life thank you (laughs) (laughs) no a lot of times i know i had
0: this i had moles removed from my face a lot of times in african americans i see tons of moles i know my mother has them and as we get older they tend to kind of pop up out of nowhere what are some um, signs, because I think a lot of times people just kind of ignore them and think that that's just hereditary, you know, they're just going to be there. Mm-hmm. What are some uh, moles and darker skin or African-Americans that we should be aware of? Uh, how sh- what's the red flag?
1: Um, so there are a few things. So sometimes also when you say we get lots of moles, so a lot of like you'll see as we get older that we'll get lots of little brown spots on the face. They look almost like skin tags. Those, we we call them moles, but they're actually not moles. Actually, in my office, I call them Morgan Freeman spots, but I think I'm going to have to come (laughs) up with another name now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we are going to have to retire that one. We're going to retire that one. Um, But I'm looking for new names. But a lot of those are growths. They're not real moles. Um, So those are kind of hereditary, but they don't have any kind of cancerous potential. Um, When we're looking for moles on our body, we use an acronym called the ABCDEs of melanoma. So the A stands for asymmetry. So your moles should be pretty symmetric. Um, So they should be like roughly oval or circular the B is the border So if you're to trace the border of a mole, it should be nice and smooth If you have an area that has a little offshoot that could be melanoma because melanoma is kind of active So it's growing and separating from the pack the color so um, Those of us with dark skin we can have dark moles But if you see a mole that's really really dark like it stands out from the others If you see a mole that has multiple colors that's concerning and then D is the diameter So they should be smaller than a pencil eraser, and E is anything that's evolving or changing. Um, So I I mentioned before um, a type of uh, melanoma called acral melanoma. So that's melanoma on the hands and feet. Um, So any new spots on the palms, any new spots on the nails. So um, in skin of color, we get little lines on the nails, and that's called melanonychia. Those are completely benign, but if you have one that's growing quickly, it's very, very dark. It's disturbing the texture of texture of the nail those are all signs that it could be an acro melanoma and that's the big bad melanoma that we see in skin of color that can work can move really rapidly so um, that's something to always look out for
0: okay guys so that means we need to be doing some standing in front of our full body mirrors Mm -hmm. and inspecting our bodies now what level of spf do you recommend for women of color or people of color
1: so for people of color um i recommend as the same spf 30 um, for daily use And then SPF 50 and above if you're going to be outside for more than an hour. Um, So I know even me, you know, I have dark brown skin. And growing up, people always said, we don't need sunscreen. That's absolutely wrong. Even the deepest, darkest, richest skin is only SPF 13. Um, So what we want is SPF 30 and above to protect our DNA from being damaged by UV light. And so um, even dark skin needs to use an SPF of 30 daily. Um, and then uh, 50, again, if you're going to be outside. And I tell everyone if skin cancer doesn't scare you, then maybe aging will scare you. <laughs> so, you know, sunscreen will also keep away fine lines and wrinkles and keep your skin nice and even.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try to pile it on as much as I can, especially when I'm, because I like to work out outside. So mm-hmm. I try to make sure. And even my daughter, she's a little chocolate bunny like me. And mm-hmm. she burns easily, which is yeah. crazy. Um but I have to make sure I coat her face and her shoulders and she loves, you know, so I, I get it. And I'm asking these questions and I don't want to bore you, Michelle, but no. I know that there's some, there are folks who are listening to this who have no clue. Yeah. And I, I, you, I really respect you and I respect what you've created, but I definitely love the fact that we can educate and have fun. So I'm not going to spend this whole interview just asking you questions that people can Google. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one more question i wanted to dive in before we start having some fun uh hair loss mm-hmm. now i know that's your specialty and i know in my family that is like the f word okay like we don't talk it's one of those things that we we have some folks in our family it's, it's hereditary it comes some have had alopecia lost everything some it's just the thinning spot so let's dive into that why is it prevalent what can we do to prevent it um and how can we hold on to what we have
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, so I am so glad you brought this up because there is an epidemic of hair loss in the Black community, and I think um, because it's so taboo, just like you said, we don't talk about it. There's all this shame about it, and because we don't talk about it, not only does it progress, we don't look, we don't see doctors when we should to stop it from spreading, and we don't tell others, so others don't know how to pre- prevent against it. Um, there are many different types of hair loss. Uh, I'll talk about one that I think is, that I know is is really common, which is traction alopecia. The beauty of ethnic hair is the fact that we can style it in so many ways, but because we can, oftentimes we're doing, putting a lot of tension on it. And we always talk about people losing their edges. Well, that is true, you know? So that traction alopecia, that pulling that tension from styling can cause you to lose your hair long term. Um, I, I think one of my patients said it best, well, it's kind of like a boyfriend, you know? If you're mean to him once, he may come back, but if you keep being mean to him, he doesn't come back. And that's how you're <laughs> heard, you know? Like, if you're mean to it a few times, you might get it back, but if you continue disrespecting your follicles, they're gonna give up on you. Um, so that's one of the, the, the most common types of hair loss. The second is something called CCCA, which stands for central centrifugal circuitricial alopecia. And that's a type of scarring hair loss that's permanent and it's genetic. So this is when women come in, they start losing hair in the center of their head. It Mm -hmm. spreads from the center outwards. Um, It's circuitrytial, so it's scarring, and it's alopecia, so it's hair loss. And this is so common that I see 10 plus patients with this type of hair loss a day. Um, Most women will say that, hey, you know, my mom had this type of hair loss. My sister, my grandmother. And when you see that in your family, it's very important to know that genetically, you have a susceptibility. So what we believe is going on is that you have this genetic susceptibility to it and then something about our styling practices turn it, turns it on. And we think that's why we see it more in women of color. So once upon a time, they used to call it hot comb alopecia. They thought hot combs were causing it. Then people called it relaxer alopecia. We don't know exactly what triggers it, but we know that it's very common and we know that once you see it, you treat it. So in my office, I tell my patients, this is a hair emergency. If you think you're losing hair in the center of your scalp, If you're having burning, itching, pain there, you come in. I don't care if they tell you I'm busy, you walk in because the medications are really good at stopping the hair loss from progressing, uh, but not as good at bringing it back. So the minute you notice you're having hair loss, it's, it's time to come in, see your dermatologist, stop it before it's too late.
0: No, that's a great advice. I had a, a scare a couple of years back, right in the center, right where you talked about. Mm-hmm. As soon as I and, I, and I didn't see it because I have a ton of hair. So mm-hmm. I just kept, when I was washing it, I felt a little slick spot. And I thought, okay. So that's when I asked my husband, checked my head. He told me it was a little spot. I immediately, just like you said, I set an appointment with my dermatologist he was able to give me some medicine and it all grew back. But I did it quickly, just like you said. So don't be afraid, ladies, just because grandma had it doesn't mean you have to suffer from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's it's okay, and it's okay if you do. That's why we have wigs, guys, so don't feel
1: bad. (laughs) Exactly, I think there's so much shame and patients get all worked up about it. Every kind of woman has hair loss, doesn't matter if you're poor, rich, you know, regular, famous, whatever, you know, we're, we're all susceptible to it, so there's no shame. Seek treatment, see if we can fix it. And again, if we can't fix it, the beauty of our hair is that we have so many ways to conceal it. Um, But of course, work on your scalp health first and try to uh, maintain as much hair as you can. Um, But, you know, it's it's not an issue of shame. Just seek help when you can.
0: More brunch and slay after this. Guys, if you know nothing else about me, you should definitely know that I am the queen of multitasking. Seriously, if there's a way to have a shortcut and I still get everything I need done, I'm all for it, which is why I am over the moon excited about Kroger's new app, Checklist. You can log into your app store and download it. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. Not only can I use it to find things in the store, I can actually order everything I need and do a drive by without having to get out. And you know this season and Houston and how rainy it is, so I don't even have to get out of my car. And I just found out that pretty soon I will not even have to do that much. I'll just be able to answer my door and have all of my groceries from Kroger, everything that I love, like all my simple truth brands, my private select. I'll even get things on what's on sale for the week and even recipes and suggestions on what to cook for dinner. Can you say hashtag winning? So do yourself a favor, go to your app store, download checklist and you can thank me later. And again, Thanks to Kroger for being so innovative and for making this girl's life that much easier. And now back to brunch and sleigh. Yeah, so that's great news. I'm glad you share that. Now, one of the other things I noticed too is after having babies, um, you lose a ton of hair. And I know that's normal, but is that something? Is there something we should do during that time? Should we be visiting our dermatologist as well after you know the hormones are balancing out, or is it just let it run its course?
1: You know, it is something that happens quite often after pregnancy. Um, if you think that it's, it's really fast, you're getting scared that you're losing it at a very rapid rate, right? come in, see your dermatologist, at least for reassurance, so we can let you know if what's going on is normal, if you should be concerned. Um, you know, typically it will stop on its own. Sometimes it we'll give you, you know, certain supplements to help um, su- suppress it or help to stimulate hair growth so that you can recover that hair quickly. You know, there's a lot that we can do. Um, So if you think you're losing it at an abnormal rate, see your dermatologist, we're able to count those hairs, we're able to look at those hairs under the microscope to see if they were hairs that are actually prepared to fall out, or if there's something else going on. So have that assessment if you think you're losing the hair more rapidly than you should.
0: Yeah. And on another note, now, like I said at the beginning of the show, you are a very busy lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You are, I've seen you everywhere from InStyle Magazine to Black Enterprise, and then just watching your feed and your stories, you're always on the go being featured somewhere. How are you fitting in research and changing the world while you're having this crazy (laughs) stuff? You
1: know, I am still trying to figure out the balance. I can tell you, I don't sleep much. Um, I'm on the market for an, another assistant <laughs> um, I guess it's just when you love what you do you find the, the fuel and the kind of the fire to keep doing it and I really really love it I love teaching I love that when I meet my patients they come in and it feels like they know me already it's so much easier to treat your patients when you already have a relationship so my, my visits are a joy I, my patients are like my family and so I think because I love it so much I find the fuel But it is hard i will say that
0: (laughs) and what area are you researching right now what's your focus on
1: so right now i'm doing a lot of laser research so i'm working with a lot of companies and trying to figure out like the best practices for for skin of color how to make it safe how to make it effective and i'm starting up a new project on um, hair loss so studying the best practices for hair loss and trying to find the answers to some of those questions i just said like we don't know what is it that triggers um this type of hair loss in, in women of color, what is doing it? So, so doing some research to kind of figure out those answers.
0: Now, do you have any cool special projects that I know you've been out? You've been featured on quite a bit on shows lately. Any hopes of you being joining the TV anytime soon?
1: Um. Well, I I can say I've talked to a few um, a, a few groups. Um, potentially, I'll say potentially.
0: Oh, well, that'd be awesome! I'd love to tune in. I, I think you <laughs> you have a very likable personality. So what do you do for downtime? I know you don't research for fun.
1: I, I, you're right. I don't research for fun. What do <laughs> I do for downtime? I love to travel. I am travel obsessed. So if I get a moment of time, even if it's like two days, I try to like get out there and move, explore. Um, I'm a huge foodie. Um, so I love going to restaurants. Um, I'm lucky in New York that I get to go to a lot of shows. So I like that. Um, right now I'm getting on a fitness kick everyone around me is on some, some crazy keto diet, vegan diet. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get there, get myself into, you know, um, fitness and, um, you know, trying out some, some new diets. That's, that's kind of how I occupy my time. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, a lot. that's a lot. That's why I sleep very little.
0: <laughs> well, hey, we, 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 there's, there'll be time to sleep later in life. I'm with you. I can sleep later. <laughs> uh, I have some goals I want to achieve. So I just keep grinding. Now, uh, mm-hmm. what area of your life do you feel like you're currently slaying?
1: Um, that I'm currently slaying? Uh-huh. Hmm. I think I'm slaying in Durham right now. I think things are going really well. All that I've kind of dreamed of is, 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 is happening and doors are opening and, you know, you know, uh, companies and like, you know, programs are understanding my passion and they're, they're putting their, their selves behind my beliefs and helping me do the research I want. Um, giving me the exposure that I want to teach in the ways that I want. And so I think right now I'm, I think I'm slaying in Durham, and I'm happy about that.
0: Now, in the spirit of brunch and slay, if you can brunch with anybody this Saturday, dead or alive, who would you be brunching with?
1: Ooh, that's hard. But the first thought to my mind was um i guess my namesake or maybe i'm her namesake who knows how you say it but michelle obama i absolutely love michelle obama so i could brunch with anyone oh that's hard can i can i pick two yes
0: you can pick as many as you want
1: (laughs) (laughs) michelle obama and lady o are my favorite so i think i would brunch with those two
0: you'd be an excellent company (laughs) so now this is something i just have to ask how long is your waiting list
1: you know, it's pretty long, but, but what I do, because I don't want patients to be blocked out, I leave a few spots open um, every week so that I can take new patients, like new patients who call in and they're like, oh, I just want to see her. Oh, oh, I'm traveling from however far. Um, so if you call or if you contact me and you need a spot, I have at least three or four spots per week that I leave open so I can always get new patients in.
0: Well, I just want to pause for a moment and do some snaps and claps. I don't want to break the mic and be too close
1: Because I know
0: as a physician, first of all, to be in private practice and be an African-American woman who has decided to blaze new trails and create her own thumbprint in the world of medicine to have waiting lists and to have people seeking your services. Like seriously, I have literally said, when can I get to New York and go see her? (laughs)
1: anytime shout out clapping <laughs> for you
0: because that's amazing so i want to give you your kudos right now for killing it in that whole area and for giving other people aspirations and something to strive to be like so well done sister well done
1: thank you thank you i appreciate it
0: so in the world of celebrity or whatever we want to call it if you could work on anybody's skin who would be your dream patient
1: oh that's hard that's hard it's a who would I just love to work on their skin? You know, a lot of people, and it's not because I, um, they, their, their skin needs any help, but I love Rihanna. I'd love to work on her skin. Um, who else is out there? I love Beyonce. I love, um, who else dream clients. I guess those are two of them. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have them in the office. I love music. And when patients come into my office, I often let them choose the music they're listening to. And those are probably two of the tops. Them and Adele. (laughs) So any of those three, I'd love to work on any of them.
0: Oh, that sounds cool. So now where can people follow you? How can they support you?
1: Um, So I am, again, like you said, I'm very active on Instagram. So you can follow me at Dr. Michelle Henry on Instagram. It's also at Dr. Michelle Henry on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, And then my website, which is being revamped right now. So hopefully the new website will be um, released in the next month. Um, is uh, drmichellehenry.com.
0: Well, I'm so grateful that you were able to join us for a chat today. I learned a lot. I'm <laughs> sure the listeners got a lot. And I'm definitely going to step up my SPF game. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I am. And I definitely am going to put that on my list. And I, def- you will be doing my next laser treatment. I will not do it until I can get to you. How about that?
1: Well, there is a spot for you always. You just tell me when. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I am so, again, I'm so happy to connect with a woman uh, who is out here creating her own space and a game changer and creating new areas for other women of color to focus on. So thank you so much. And for you guys at home, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show as much as I enjoyed talking to Dr. Michelle Henry, make sure you do one thing and that's just share it on any social media platform that you frequent and that you thrive in share this episode because there's somebody out there experiencing hair loss or has a mold that they have been avoiding who needs to hear this episode so share it and make sure you tag us so that we know and that we can show you some love so just remember no matter what if she can i can we all can and until next time i'm amira and this is Front and slay